A new state bill over constitutional carry is signed into law by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Families in Bryan County continue their recovery from last week's tornado, and the RBC Heritage is back in full force on Hilton Head Island. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. On Tuesday, April 12th, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed a new bill known as Georgia's Constitutional Carry into law. That bill has many people talking about what will and won't change when it comes to carrying a handgun in the Peach State. WTOC investigative reporter Jessica Savage found answers to those questions on Wednesday, April 13th. For starters, to purchase a gun from a licensed dealer, you're still required to undergo a criminal background check. And if you want to carry your gun across state lines, you might need the license. Here's why. A new state law known as Georgia's constitutional carry has a lot of people talking about what will and won't change when it comes to carrying a handgun. Uh, we are obviously following it very closely. No one knows the impact better than Judge Thomas Lakes. He's the probate court judge in Harris County, Georgia, and council president of the Council of Probate Court Judges of Georgia. Up until yesterday, the county probate court is where residents had to apply for a weapons carry license if they wanted to carry a handgun. Does this change the court permit process? Uh, no, not really. It just basically offers an additional way for there to be uh, lawful weapons holders, I believe is how the terminology is used in the revised statute. Uh, it does not do away with permits. Uh. Judge Lakes pointed to three reasons why people should still consider getting the weapons carry license. They all have to do with easy identification. First, the license is valid for five years and waives the requirement for you to undergo a federal background check each time you buy a gun from a dealer. Second, reciprocity. Other states recognize Georgia's weapons carry license. And so that would allow you to cross state lines and carry in other states if those states do recognize ours. Third, he mentioned how the license will get you out of a mix-up at a Georgia airport if you inadvertently check a bag with a gun inside of it. Assuming you didn't cause any other issues while you were there, uh, you can be allowed to exit the facility uh, and not be uh, detained or charged on the scene uh, if you are a valid weapons carry holder. Well, as we've been reporting, there have been a record number of applicants during the pandemic for a weapons carry license statewide and also here in Chatham County. Now, Judge Lake said that he's not sure how the new law will change applicant behavior. For now, he said, we'll just have to wait and see. There was another officer-involved shooting in Savannah this week. This is the fourth officer-involved shooting that involves a Savannah Police Department officer in 2022 and the sixth since late December of last year. In the early morning hours of Sunday, April 10th, officers responded to a 911 call of two men fighting near Oglethorpe Avenue and McDonough Street. According to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, when officers arrived, they found a man matching the clothing description provided by a witness. They say they tried to de-escalate the situation, but the man would not respond or put down his weapon. According to police, the man swung his weapon toward an officer. Officers then deployed a taser, but it was not successful. Another officer shot the man during the incident. He was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. That man was later identified as 36-year-old David Paul Dixon of Jackson, Louisiana. The GBI is investigating. Families in Bryan County are still recovering after a tornado ripped through the area last week, killing one and leaving many with their homes destroyed. One of those families shared with WTOC the emotional video of the moment they realized their home was gone. Alyssa Jackson has their story. 
I'm standing in front of what's left of the Gunter family's home. They say the only way they were able to make it out of last week's storms alive was because of this safe shelter. The only thing still standing. We heard it coming from Catacram is like coming through those woods. Pamela Gunter turned to her kids and said three words. Safe room now. <gasps> hey, mama. We knew the roof had blown off because we could see the sky. This is the moment they realized everything was gone. Except the shelter they were standing in. What the heck? I can't believe we survived that. You know, it's just, that's when you're kind of, literally your life flashes. The family says the tornado did all this damage in minutes, wiping most of their home from its foundation with few things left, including the wedding picture on their bedroom wall. When we pulled up, the next day it really kind of hit us. They built the safe house when they moved to Ellabel from Oklahoma years ago. He said, I definitely want a safe room. And uh, people kind of laughed at him, picked on him, you know, ridiculing that it looked like we were building an elevator. That I mean, safe room is still intact after at least an EF3 tornado. I get to reap the rewards of having my family safe, you know, just because I'm a little paranoid, I guess. The Gunters never thought that paranoia would save their lives. So when we finally sat down that night um, at uh, the place where we're staying and ate our cold Chick-fil-A, you know, uh, the four of us, I was like, you know, guys, I mean, this is all we need. They might not have their home, but they have their faith. God had his hand uh, surrounding us the entire time. And each other. This cannot be replaced. Everything we have really can be replaced. In Ella Bell, Alyssa Jackson, WTOC News. Initial reports from the National Weather Service estimate that tornado traveled 11 miles through Bryan County with winds reaching speeds of 165 miles an hour. For the first time in three years, the RBC Heritage is being played with no capacity restrictions. Fans have responded, selling out the tournament before the first tee shot was hit. The crowd poured onto the grounds of Harbortown for the first time this week on Tuesday, April 12th. In 2020, the tournament was played with no fans on the course. In 2021, attendance was restricted to just 5,000 fans per day. This year, things are back to normal. Several fans from the low country tell WTOC they were happy to see their local tournament bouncing back, maybe even beyond where it was before the pandemic. Here's Tom Cox from Bluffton, followed by Trudy Ives from Hilton Head Island. Oh, it was very exciting walking in, I'm telling you, when I saw the crowd. And, and actually, when they told me that they had sold out all the tickets that they had, it was just incredible. I think people are just excited to get back out and get into the tournament, get into the spirit of everything going on. And I think that's, that's fantastic. It is fabulous. After being cooped up in our homes, um, not being able to, to be out and about, or if we were, it was with masks and everything. Um, uh, it, it's wonderful to be out and feel like things are back to normal and um, we have this beautiful weather on top of it so what a great opportunity. Round two play begins on Friday morning with Cameron Young leading by two shots. WTOC will have live coverage from Harbortown throughout the weekend including live around the green specials on everything happening on and around the golf course. You can catch around the green Friday and Saturday night at 730 only on WTOC. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports each night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.